Welcome to the Community Caregivers Connected Podcast, where we talk about how to raise healthy kids. In this series, we'll tackle every topic from substance use to mental health and relationships. In these episodes, we'll hear from a group of professionals, parents, and youth. Questions or topic ideas can be submitted on our website at spokaneprevention.com. This week on the podcast, we're talking about healthy relationships. Sarah McNew, our West Spokane Wellness Partnership Coordinator, is sitting down with Desiree from SNAP, who is also a parent to five girls. They talk about dating relationships and how we can help our children set comfortable boundaries. Hello, everyone. My name is Sarah McNew, and I am the Coalition Coordinator with West Spokane Wellness Partnership. We are a community coalition located in West Central Spokane that mobilizes and energizes our efforts on um, reducing substance use, misuse, and abuse inside West Spokane. We are working collectively with a group of CPWI community coalitions in Spokane and surrounding areas on this podcast. And today we are discussing healthy relationships and it's part of a larger series that we have done. And we have a special guest on today, Miss Desiree Lancaster. So thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me virtually here today and for gracing us with your presence. Um, feel free, but can you share with us a bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you, sir, for having me. Um, my name is Desiree, like she said, and I am a mother of four biological children and one adopted not adopted, <laughs> one grandchild who I've had full custody of since she was three weeks old. Um, and I currently work for Spokane Neighborhood Action Partners, but the love that I have in sharing um, my impact in the community with the Spokane Regional Domestic Violence Coalition on their impact panels and working with other local nonprofits, um, to just share my story about domestic violence and being a survivor of that with, you know, four small children at the time. Thank you, Desiree. Geez, you must have your hands full with four, four kiddos <laughs> and a grandbaby. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate the work that you've done in the community. And um, I know I've followed your journey cl closely as you've um, presented and worked closely with the Spokane Regional Domestic Violence Coalition. So I just want to thank you for your vulnerability and sharing your own personal testimonies um, at times. Um, just looking for advice for parents and caregivers in the community. Um, what's something that you could share with them about teens and, and healthy relationships? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a dating relationship. This can even be friendships in general. Is there anything that you would want to share with them about that? As a mother of, you know, five girls, it is really important um, that not only caregivers, but parents and teachers and pretty much any influential person in the community realizes that um, children these days aren't as comfortable um, in society. And so, and what I mean by that is that you know, I don't force my children to hug or say hi to people they're uncomfortable with. Um, I think creating boundaries in the beginning as they're small is really important um, and not pushing them, you know, because you have a teacher or because it's a doctor or um, a pastor or whatever the case might be, someone who is of, um, sorry, I can't think of the word, <laughs> you know, someone who has authority. 
um, doesn't mean that they have a right or an automatic privilege to um, have a relationship. Um, and when I say relationship, not, you know, personal, but any interaction can be a type of relationship. And so um, healthy relationships, um, I know with my girls, I make sure that if they're not comfortable going to a family member's house, I do not push it. Uh, if they're not comfortable, you know, going and talking to someone at school or um, in the community, I don't ever push it, but I always ask the question as a parent, um, what is it that makes them uncomfortable? And I make sure my girls understand that I have an open door policy and mm -hmm. they're able to um, ask me any question. And, you know, if I am going to stand up for them or whatever, um, then they have to be 100% honest with me on why they're uncomfortable. Um, that probably took off, totally off. Um, yeah, sorry, Sarah. No, that was great. <laughs> I really appreciated how you said that you have these open and honest conversations with your children from a young age. You help them to identify boundaries and personal space boundaries for their bodies. I think that's so important. I think I came from a generation where you were just expected to hug people, hug friends and family when they showed up and adults would be like, well, give me a hug or, you know, and just having, not having that personal space boundary and not being able to have the voice and how to navigate that properly. Um, so I would agree with you on that. I know that's something that's important with me and my husband and I have talked about this with our kids is we don't push those sorts of things on our kids, whether it's hugging a friend or family member that they don't really know or that they haven't really seen. And we practice those skills with them and model that to them. You know, if you don't feel comfortable, if someone asks you to give them a hug, what's one way, what's something you could say? And then we help them practice that with them so that they can utilize it, utilize it in an environment um, prior to doing it in real life. So I really yeah. appreciate that you said that. Um, yeah, it, I think where it moves into, I just, I guess I think of doctor's appointments and, you know, mental health counseling and such. Uh, mm -hmm. When, when my, your kiddos are going to, you know, those services, you know, our society these days is a 12 and 13 year old has say for everything they want, but um, there's a lot of kiddos out there who aren't comfortable with that. And so I've, you know, they all understand the rules of society now, as far as you know, they're responsible for their mental health, um, but they're also allowed to tell, you know, those counselors and those um, people that I really want my mom to be involved with this and um, be open and honest. And I think sometimes um, from what I've noticed is um, counselors and mental health professionals might see that as me having my thumb over them, but really it's them and a comfort. So I think just understanding all kiddos aren't the same. They're not, mm -hmm. not all of them want to just, you know, expose themselves without having a parent, that person they trust with them at all times. So. I love that. And I appreciate that so much that you even mentioned that thinking about the conversations that you've had with your girls, how do you generally start those conversations with them? We are pretty open in our household. So um, when it came to having, you know, the birds and the bees talk and pretty much anything and everything, bras and dating and, 
you know, rules of the house, everything is open for discussion in our household. And so it gives them a voice. Um, sometimes as a mom, I don't like hearing what my, you know, 19 year old wants to tell me that she's a lot of times really right on, um, or even my 16 year old. Um, but they're people too. And I've given them the opportunity to voice their concern in every aspect of life. Um, so if they, I think, I think it's just starting out young, you know, I started my kids at a very young age and that's part of being um, a victim of abuse is you don't know who you can always trust, um, but your kiddos and having that healthy relationship with them and letting them know what you're going through uh, really makes it possible that they know they can trust you and they know they can open up to you, even though they might not have, you know, that other parent in the household that they can't. Um, so it's just about being open and honest. Yeah. I love that. And just providing opportunities to have those conversations in, in a safe and supportive space and environment and, and being that person for them, that advocate for them and that person that provides that safe space for them to just be themselves and be vulnerable. And I think that's so important. It sounds like you're doing a really wonderful job. Um, when it comes to, to dating, I know we were kind of talking more broadly about um, healthy relationships, but when it comes to dating, is there any tips that you've given your your kiddos in your life about what does a healthy relationship look like or maybe even red flags related to dating relationships so when it comes to dating um with for my girls at first i started out with the pretty heavy handed stance that they had to be 16 but then i realized that each kiddo is a little bit different on where mm -hmm. they're at in their life um and it's not just a number and so um I really based when they were ready to start dating um, at each individual girl's, you know, different stages. And so um, I think as far as a mom, you know, my input on that was, you know, do the boys, um, what are their intentions? And it was always about being open and honest and getting down to the nitty gritty of things like, um, does he just want to be your boyfriend? So you hold hands in school or, you know, is it really about going on dates? Is he going to be respectful? Um, just all the things that you sort of think about when it's dating, or are you just going to be friends and call yourself boyfriend and girlfriend? So um, I would have those conversations. But when it comes to actual, you know, hardcore dating, um, where those I love you words come out and those emotions really start to um, get concrete, my girls take a lot of what I have to say with a grain of salt, um, because as all children and all people, you know, see is they want to see what a healthy relationship is. And I am not a model of a healthy relationship when it comes to um, marriage and, you know, spousal things. But I do, I have been honored to give them a healthy relationship um, as a daughter. So, you know, I have a really healthy relationship with my parents and I'm able to model to them on how open communication does happen and why I am who I am today, because, you know, I can have these conversations. I can be upset with my dad and tell him how I feel. And in the end, we still love each other and there's still respect for each other because we had an open communication going. Um, so as far as dating, you know, I, provide them with the resources of the red flags. Um, 
manipulating feelings and experiences that, you know, men, women, um, young men, young women uh, might try to push off on them. Um, I try to really voice my concerns with the healthy green flags, such as, you know, those positive actions and positive traits that people have. Um, I try to model that um, specifically daily in our household. I am not a yeller. I am not um, someone who likes negativity, as you can say, in the household. So if something starts to go, you know, negative, I bring up, you know, that, you know, I bring up, we don't do that as a family. It's not healthy um, to try to address it at the beginning. Um, but then those yellow flags are the tough ones because everyone has their own deal breakers in a relationship, mm -hmm. whether that be, you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend relationship or a family relationship or even a work relationship. Everyone has what they're comfortable doing um, and what's a deal breaker where it may not be the same for everybody. And so I just provide my girls with the knowledge. And then if they don't believe me, because sometimes they don't, um, <laughs> they do the research on their own. And I really push that, you know, to do the research. Google does wonders. You know, there's so many groups out there, the YWCA, the um, statement, create your own statement. They have so many resources available. Um, and especially now with the power and control wheel and everything, you know, our kids are seeing these in their bathrooms and in, you know, just pretty much everywhere they go. So I think I just reinforce all of that as far mm -hmm. as um, relationships. Thank you so much. I really appreciated that you touched on the resources in the community. I know Spokane Regional Domestic Violence Coalition has a great resource and local schools are great resources and youth centers. And we have so many social service agencies in the community. And like you had mentioned, the, the YMCA and YWCA, those are incredible tools um, and resources in the community that people can access. And mm -hmm. I know my niece recently has really run into some issues with age is having access. She has a telephone. Um, she's of an age now where she has a telephone and, and people having access to her all the time, um, whether it's friends or she had had a boyfriend um, who she started to notice some of those red flags, some of those yellow flags. And so she took the steps and she ended up breaking up with this boy not too long ago and super proud of her because her and her mom have had those discussions several times. Like you had mentioned from a young age, they new boundaries. They knew they had safety plans established. They had all of these things identified um, for what they wanted in a relationship and the expectations of that and and had that open dialogue and relationship already created. Um, and so when my niece started to feel unsafe or uncomfortable, she immediately came to my sister, um, who obviously was there to support her. Um, and what I find so empowering is that youth really do, like you had mentioned earlier, have their own voices and expectations. And I love that you mentioned that it's not just an age, that age of 16, right? Is when you first said, you can't date until you're 16. <laughs> yeah. So just recognizing that each person is their own individual person is just so critical and so important because we all um, age and mature differently. And, and that number could mean something different for each person. Um, but just thinking about social media, sorry, I started to get off on a tangent there, but just thinking about social media and phone access. Um, have you noticed anything related to social media and how that impacts relationships, um, specifically with your daughters or any other person in your life? I, you know, I think social media, 
I, I'm not that old, <laughs> but <laughs> for me, I got my first, you know, smartphone goodness 10 years ago, not very long. <laughs> yeah. And so, so all of this, you know, the social media and everything is, is new, especially with TikTok and Snapchat and everything. And so I do see it a ton with my girls and we have had a lot of, um, negative interactions with some of the um, social media platforms, but also there's been a ton of positivity that comes from them. Um, so the negative is, you know, the bullying that happens, the, you know, just the bullying, the meanness that's out there. And whether it's within a, their own personal groups or um, it's within a community, you know, in my community, a video of some of the high schoolers went around all of Deer Park and all of Spokane instantly. And, you know, my girls, that was something that was huge because that those videos, even though it didn't directly relate to them, it's, you know, their classmates and community, and they couldn't believe that someone would be that heartless. Um, and so, you know, even with their own friends, it's those misunderstandings that come with, um, texting and chatting um, that people aren't getting, you know, face to face that communication. They're not seeing, you know, what their facial expressions are and what those nonverbal communication um, signs are. So there's a lot of misconceptions that happen. Like, you know, my friends are upset with me. Well, why? Because they said this, well, are you sure you're not reading into it a little bit more? You know, maybe you should do a phone call and, you know, find out what's going on. And so misconceptions happen a ton with social media. Um, but the good things that come out of it, amazingly, is the knowledge. And if your kiddos are taking what is said and doing their research out there, I am just amazed at how much my girls have learned and how much they're able to inform me. And then, you know, they say, well, see, mom, I, you know, got this from TikTok, but then they'll go further and say, but I did my research and I found other resources that you know, confirmed what I'm seeing. And it's just amazing because it brings it into their generation and says, have an interest in this, that they want to do the research. Because if they didn't have that, you know, kiddos wouldn't do the research probably. Um, and it could be anything from, you know, politics to um, exercise, to physical well-being, mental health. Um, even, you know, these red and green and yellow flags, my girls are always sending me you know, things about narcissists and things to watch out for. And I'm their mom and, you know, so, and it's stuff they're getting from social media. So I, I see the negative and the positive, but in, in my life, I've seen more positive come out of it. Yeah. I so greatly appreciate you, Desiree. This has been a blast just connecting with you and, and hearing your input and thoughts on this topic. And I just appreciate you and thank you for your vulnerability and having this conversation with me and do you have any additional um, information you want to provide with our listeners? I think the only thing I'd like to share is if you don't know where you can get help, mm -hmm. there's so many resources out there. Um, and I think that's where our, our social workers out there in the community, our nonprofits, um, schools, counselors, um, doctors, there's so many resources available. I mean, even community centers, um, you can go in and just ask, 
And you'd be amazed at how many, you know, I work for SNAP and I get people who come in all the time looking for homeless services. Um, or, you know, they might just say, I heard you do this. What services can I get? And I'm able to open up a plethora of options that aren't just within my own area, but also within, you know, the Spokane community, because we have so many resources, pages, pages of resources available to everyone. And I think just ask if you need help. Thank you, Desiree. That's wonderful advice. Yeah. I so appreciate you. And I look forward to connecting with you soon. And I just want to thank you again for taking the time today um, to join us on our podcast. Yes. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. To learn more about the resources talked about on today's podcast, visit endtheviolencespokane.org. Next week, Sarah interviews Ginger Johnson, the owner and supervisor of Relationship Advantage. Tune in to hear more about Ginger's work in Spokane. The Community Caregivers Connected podcast is made possible with funding through the Washington State Healthcare Authority, drug-free community grant funds from the CDC, and new ESD 101. Questions or topic ideas can be submitted on our website at spokaneprevention.com.